double cup in the Mac and blood. Yeah, the boy been OG since 10, she in love. I'ma tell you like Fat Tone told me, everything around me, rule by OG. Cocaine, fire nose, be like Roshi. Your girl hop on and she ride like Yoshi. I can have true life set up. <laughs> hey man, y'all gotta, y'all gotta chill out. Y'all can't be doing that right now. Go, go fight each other in another room. What are y'all doing? They've been so good the last two episodes. They've been in the room with me the entire episode, both of those episodes, and like, we're just super chill. But they're like amped up tonight for some reason. They're ready to go. They're like, listen, it's our time to Hey! You leave him alone. Saga, you want the stick? I bet you want the stick. I'm gonna throw the stick over there. God. <laughs> they, they are picking on Odin. Oh, no. Which is funny, because Saga's the baby, isn't she? Yeah, and Odin's too old to... Yeah, he's just, he's old and grumpy, and she's mean to him. Oh. <laughs> I wish I could just get Saga and Loki to go play downstairs, because they'll do that on their own a lot of times, but they decided they're going to play in here tonight. But of course, the second you want them to play downstairs. Yeah, then they're just like, no. Nah. I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah. So let's see. So uh, tonight, I guess we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about Texas some more about the whole response to it. And then, did you ever get a chance to watch the video I sent you? I have not. Okay, so we probably won't be talking about that. Let's see. So, but what I was gonna say, if you would prefer, you can watch that video tonight, and we can always record tomorrow if you think that's something that needs to be central to this week's video. I don't. It was just, I had just watched it earlier that day, and I was like, I just couldn't think of anything else for us to talk about, so I just sent it over. It was like, I mean, we could always talk about this. But it's really, I mean, it's not, honestly, we could talk about what they're talking about in the video without you having watched it. It doesn't, the fact that they're talking about it isn't important at all. Well, give me give me a lowdown here. What are, what are they talking about? Okay, so basically, uh... I know you don't watch much like leftist YouTube, so you won't know who any of these people are really, but like, uh, Vosh had said at some point that Peter Coffin and Angie Speaks and Jimmy Dore and several other people were all class reductionists, that they don't, uh, that they abandon identity politics completely in lieu of a purely class-based analysis. Mm-hmm. Ben Burgess dis- disagreed with that and Ben Burgess doesn't think that class reductionism is really like a big issue on the left he he he, he doesn't deny that it exists but he just kind of doesn't think that it's like anything that like any major pundits are really doing or anything like that and that maybe is like a bit more of like a misunderstanding where like uh, I guess like a person might say uh, that it'd be better to rally around class simply because it 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 allows for the greatest number of people, mm-hmm. but not at the expense of like identity politics. Like obviously, if you're talking about like police brutality, race comes into play there, and like trying to take it down to just class would be ridiculous. And so, I mean, really, they didn't even really disagree on it. It's called a debate, but honestly, the only thing they actually disagree on. <laughs> Is if certain people are engaging in that or not? And Which is oh god, that's kind of just it. But basically, like I mean, I guess we could we could talk about class reductionism a bit if we wanted without really going into their views on it. I mean, if like there was something relevant to it, I could always just be like, yeah, I watched Ben Burgess say this the other day. You know what I mean? Right. 
So, to I'm interested in hearing what what would you consider the definition? Not even like the dictionary definition, but what to you would be class reductionism in a nutshell? Okay, so to me, because I have seen people, because because I tend to agree with Ben Burgess on this. I don't think that it's a major issue on the left, but if you go in online leftist spaces, if you go into any online space, you'll find someone willing to say any dumb thing you can dream up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, the internet. Right. So, so what I have seen in some instances is people who, uh, the way they put it, I tend to see is that like there, there does exist racial disparities, but they can be explained completely by the fact that like more black people are in the lower class than white people. Like percentage wise, not not pure numbers in America, but like the fact that a higher percentage of black people are lower class is the only reason that there's these disparities because the disparities themselves are caused entirely by class. Right. And you know, clear I think that's absolutely wrong, but but I do believe there is a threshold. I wouldn't ever try to put a number on it, but there is a point you could cross where where class may override race to a degree like for example like if this is an extreme and ridiculous example but like if will smith and like a homeless white dude got in a fist fight and the cops showed up they'd probably slam the homeless white guy on the ground first right but that's a very extreme difference if you're talking about people who are in the same class or similar classes you know uh of different races there will still be disparities between them even though they exist at like the same level on a class on a class level and so ignoring that to me is just what what i would define class reductionism as okay i think that's a good definition and something that really breaks it down into a more malleable definition than just because i've looked into the actual definition of class reductionism and i think it kind of takes on its own What's the what's it called when there's the uh, difference between the connotation and the denotation, and what I don't think I actually know what denotation means. <laughs> I I can't remember which which one is which. I know so connotation I'm... is like uh, a word can have a positive or negative connotation. Well, so I think denotation is the literal definition. Okay, well, that makes sense. Check. Or I sound like an absolute well, idiot. Even if you're wrong, if that's what you meant by it, I get I get what you're saying now. Like no, we're, so, okay. that that is right. It is the literal word, like meaning of a word. Okay, so because uh, I'm not really what what is the like official definition of class reductionism then? Well, let's check and find out, shall we? Just so we can compare notes. Because just like uh, as a quick um, side note, I know that like. In leftist circles, uh, it's kind of varied what people mean by it, but I know liberals tend to use the word class reductionism if you talk about class at all. Like, if you acknowledge that there's, that the classes, uh, in, in the Kadesh episode I mentioned how, like, they talk about intersectionality, but they don't consider class an intersection. Right. And to them, if you start talk well, a lot of them, not all of them, but to most of them, if you start talking about class, or you mention classism... I can put it, there's a tweet I saw once from a liberal that literally said, if you use the word working class, your racism is showing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that That's what they mean when they say class reductionist. If you have any sort of class-based analysis, you're a class reductionist, which obviously to me is absolutely batshit insane. That seems very counterintuitive if you're going to be talking about the working force. And how a large portion of that is going to be class analysis, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy to me. <laughs> like, like some of that stuff, like that. I feel like you like can't even make it up. Like it, it sounds like a meme making fun of liberals, but like they're really saying this shit. Like, <laughs> so the top that de- definition. I'm checking Urban Dictionary because there's no actual right. definition. For yeah, class. that makes sense. So checking Urban Dictionary, it says. The idea in some leftist circles that all oppression based on gender, sex, race, etc. is just a, 
byproduct of class struggle, and that once class disparity is solved, all those issues will vanish. I agree with that. That sounds that sounds right to me. Right. Yeah, so that's definitely... That concept is not something that I agree with, um, obviously. I, I would say this. I would say... Like, I, I hope I don't get... like People don't get mad at me for this. But I, I would say if, if there was any slight defense of that position, it would be that in a world without class, you may not have as many of the... We wouldn't have as many of the power structures that allow those things to be... Uh, as uh severe as they are i guess is what i'm going for like i mean if you didn't have police forces that have power to execute somebody with impunity you wouldn't i guess that part wouldn't be experienced quite as much does that make sense is that yeah no so i i think that what you're getting at and don't if i'm incorrect by saying this and don't let me put words in your mouth but it seems that where you're coming from is and a perfect society when there wouldn't be that kind of structure, there wouldn't be necessarily as many violent actions. Uh, yeah, to, yeah, that seems, that seems close. Yeah. Cause, but, but like that would be in like a utopia, which like, I don't think that's what we're going to achieve. Even if we achieve socialism. Hey, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, <laughs> Yeah, basically, I mean, like, if even if you look at, like, previous socialist states or, like, even imagine one in the future, I mean, we're not going to get rid of hierarchy overnight. Even if we get, uh, reverse the class struggle or something like that or, you know, uh, flatten out the hierarchies, I mean, there's still going to be power structures for the, for the very long foreseeable future. Like, I mean, it's not... And so, yeah, I mean, obviously those things would still exist even... And, and definitely, like, immediately after the end of capitalism. The idea that, like, if you end capitalism, you end misogyny and racism and, like, transphobia and all that. It's just, I mean, it's ridiculous, honestly. It's a... Well, and it, now that you brought it up, it, it is something that I see as... It almost turns some leftists into, like, this liberal mindset of, well, once we beat Go. capitalism, we're done. That's it. Game over. It's it's kind of it reminds me of the same thing as an end goal that once it's done, I can tune out and everything's going to be fine. The same kind of mindset that a lot of people, not a lot of people, but a lot of liberals had when Donald Trump was no longer president. They kind of had yeah. this idea of, well, Joe Biden's in and all these Democrats are in, so I can tune out now and I don't have to worry about anything because my president is now not openly racist but only slightly openly racist you know that's but actually a i'm sorry go ahead oh, i said but still a rapist yeah no shit but yeah that's actually uh i haven't heard anyone put it that way that's actually really uh uh accurate i think yeah it's almost like a back to brunch for leftists and like, I mean, it is a bit uh, reversed the uh, the ideas, and you know, it's the reverse of what liberals are on. But yeah, it is it is this idea. Uh, I heard someone say once that, uh, or maybe a couple times, that a lot of leftists, especially leftists in the United States, kind of treat the revolution in capitals, the the revolution, as like this mystical force it's almost like a god figure like it's like the the savior that's coming to save us as if like all we have to do is sit here and wait and one day the revolution will come save us and after that the world will be perfect it's almost like the christian form of the book of revelations yeah exactly yeah exactly it's the book of revolutions <laughs> <laughs> it's very well put you know once once uh our comrade jesus comes to bring us all to the holy land we will be fine so uh just completely unrelated note i would love to do an episode one day on uh on the politics of jesus on jesus's oh, personal politics that. yeah that's love that. i'm big into that i tell people my two favorite uh, communist of all time or Fred Hampton and Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and 
God, it makes people stew in anger if you say something like that. Oh, yeah, they get mad. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I mean, so, uh, yeah, that was a little bit of a divergence there. But, like, uh, would you say that you've ever uh, ran into, like, class reductionism? Have you actually, like, seen it in the wild, so to speak? Or I don't think so, but that's also because I think... <laughs> I, I have a very low tolerancy for that kind no. of mentality. Um, and a lot of the people that I, 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 I mostly see a lot of my leftist media on Twitter. Uh, I see some on Facebook as well, but not nearly as much. And I think with Twitter, it's just really easy to kind of keep certain people's tweets or not even certain people's tweets, but just the kind of nonsense that you don't i mean obviously i see some really stupid nonsense on twitter sometimes but thankfully that's not as much what i run into uh, yeah so it's not something that i've really had to deal with myself right on yeah it's uh i don't know i i have a problem with engaging with things on on facebook it's funny like during the day i'm pretty good at like reading stuff and, like, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll type out a 5,000-word response and then just not post it and just move on with my life. I'm like, I got it out of my system. But when I first wake up in the morning and look at Facebook, I want to respond to every, like, dumb take <laughs> I see. And so I, I've, I've probably engaged with a few of those ideas a little bit more. I think the one time – so here's, here's, my, uh, here's my tangent – the one time that in recency that I can remember that happening. Um, hold on. Let me think about it. Okay. So back when uh, the very unfortunate execution of George Floyd happened, yeah. obviously Facebook was rampant and it was very divided on the issue, which is wild to me. Uh, that people would feel divided about it, but obviously people, some people are like, oh, he's a criminal, so blah, 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 you know, he deserved to, he had it coming if he didn't have a criminal record, which is just the most heartless thing that I can think of, and right. I also think about how, and this is something I also said, how pretty much everyone's a criminal in one way or another because their system is made to be very difficult to not break laws. Right, yeah, and if they ever... I, I think about it like kind of like one of those jobs where they have so many rules that like they ever decide they want to fire you. There's something you're doing wrong, though. Right. That's 100 percent what it is. And it's like the the same people who will say, oh, well, as long as you follow the rules then the police will never have any reason to suspect you are also the same people who drive five to ten miles over the speed limit and. You know, do the kind of stuff that seems very minute but still breaks the law technically. Well, not you even know, sure. not even just that, but they're they they most of them are the come and take them types when it comes to guns, which is literally like if if a law passed that you had to give your guns up, they're literally saying they will kill police officers who come to take their guns. Right, exactly, and it's just this weird hypocrisy that they have about them. And I I ran into a Facebook post that an old coworker of mine had posted that I can't even remember what it had said, but it was essentially, you know, something about how uh, sad it was that George Floyd was killed over a possible fake currency. Yeah. You know what I mean? And no matter, of course, this person was trying to be more center of the road with it, which I, I'm not going to get into that. But yeah. they, it, it, the sentiment of the post was still like, this is a sad no matter how you look at it kind of situation. Right. Which it was, obviously. And what I can only assume was this person's grandma pipes in about how he was a criminal and how he had it coming. And I don't know, like I said, normally I'm really good about staying out of Facebook drama, but something compelled me to try and talk to this person. I'm just like, hey, this is like, please have a little bit of compassion. And she also quoted some something from scripture. And I said, you know, it's not 
who are you to judge you are not being a good Christian if that's what you identify and judging in this situation for a man who was brutally murdered, right. which you have no place or say over. And then so we go back and forth a couple of times. And then lo and behold, the mom of the OP steps in. And <laughs> so I ended up spending a day and a half just going back and forth, back and forth with these two and you know obviously it started with george floyd but then it just goes down into riots and how they were like oh well you know these riots are terrible and da 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 and me trying to explain well this is why it's also if people are being executed in the street you know if if one of your family members was executed by a chokehold or someone in your community who held, you held dearly you would also riot you would not stand peacefully by and i think that's something that people especially middle class white americans love to put themselves up on some kind of uh podium and say well if i were in that situation or not even if i were in that situation but they have this holier than thou attitude about it because it's not something that will ever be applicable to them so they don't know how to relate to it but yeah, yeah that's that that's just my facebook rant and why i try not to engage because then i end up on a day and a half of <laughs> trying to talk to people and it just doesn't work out right yeah <clears throat> and uh uh, kind of related to that whole thing, you know, it's, it's, God, I don't want to say funny. I don't think weird's the right word either. I guess it's bullshit how like, uh, people will, you know, say that about George Floyd, you know, and he was a criminal, he had a criminal record and like two points on that. Like, first off, that might be true, but like, is there anything that makes it seem like that cop was aware of that at the time that happened? Like, how is that applicable to the situation at all? You know, you don't get to, like, kill somebody and then be like, well, let me check what they've done before. Oh, turns out they, you know, even if he had done something in the past to justify it, like, it has no bearing on that situation. But mm. but the other side of that is, like, it's always bothered me how, like, where was, like, the NRA and, like, the, you know, the come take them people and all that when Philando Castile was killed. You know, this right. was a, a, a legal gun owner who informed the cop he had the gun, you know, and that, that one out of almost all these situations, that one has kind of stuck with me the most because I've been in that situation and that's not what happened to me at all. I mean, if, if there's one thing that could have proved to me that white privilege was a thing, it'd be the fact that, like, that happened to Philando Castile. I got pulled over one time, and, I, and the cop asked me if there's any weapons in the car. And I said, yeah, I have a pistol in the glove box. And, um, and he, like, he took it out and, like, put it away from me, obviously. He didn't just, like, let me hold on to it. But, right. like... After he, like, talked to me about, like, uh, whatever, I don't remember, I got pulled over for some kind of minor traffic violation or something like that, or a headlight, I don't remember exactly, but, you know, afterwards he's, like, like, talking to me about my gun, like, in, like, a friendly manner. He's like, oh, this is nice, where'd you get this at, da 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 you know, and, like, you know, the, the just the stark difference in those two situations, and I mean, like, of course, people can bring up that it's two different cops and things like that, but like that is such a hugely, just a giant chasm of difference between those two situations, and just like right, and, and it's well, just it boggles my mind that no one came out and said how did this, why would this cop kill this legal gun owner who informed him the gun was there and all that, you know, it's just. Well, and I think that really the the statement you just made about how it's two different cops, but it shouldn't matter. I think that just really speaks to the people who want to say, oh, well, my uncle is a good cop or, you know, my cousin, she she's a good cop or, you know, my grandpa or grandma was a cop and they were a good person, you know? Yeah. 
it's not necessarily when we say all cops are bastards we're not saying oh every single police officer is a morally corrupt person who is hateful and wants to do evil things but rather they are choosing a profession that upholds and not just upholds an oppressive society but also allows for that kind of variation to be made it's not necessarily that every police officer not everyone who wants to be a police officer is a bad person but they're okay with other bad people being cops and letting them slide by right and yeah that's a uh... Yeah, that's actually that kind of um, that kind of I, I was mentioning how I'll like type out these like long tangents on Facebook and then delete them. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, there was a comment I saw earlier. Uh, someone had made a post about uh, it was a, a black friend of mine had made a post talking about uh, black trauma movies because he had just watched uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. And he was saying how, like, you know, he enjoys uh, learning about this history and everything, but, like, the movies leave him emotionally drained. Right. And him and this uh, guy who I can only suppose is some sort of older white liberal uh, were having an exchange on there. And the guy said something about how, you know, uh, he doesn't think that ever that uh, he thinks he genuinely believes in his heart that most people don't hate. But the ones who do are just so loud, which is like a nice sentiment or whatever. But like my long tangent that I typed out to him and then ended up not commenting because I didn't want to get into the discussion was like, you know, the one of the big issues is thinking that it's just the people who hate. You know, mm-hmm. that's not even that's not even the major issue. Like full on Ku Klux Klan types are rare. They're very rare. Most of them are extremely powerless. You know, it's it's the people who consider themselves not racist. Cause like one thing that I believe, I, I don't think that in most situations you can really think of a person as racist or not racist. You could call Richard Spencer a racist cause he's a little literal neo-Nazi, but in most situations what's racist is particular beliefs, particular actions, particular um, ways of addressing situations or something like that. And like, I don't know. It just kind of all goes back to that whole, uh, thing Kadesh had mentioned last week about like how MLK talked about how the white the white moderate was more detrimental to the cause than the KKK member and I think that kind of applies to the police that it it applies very well to what you were just saying about how like you know there might be a few cops that are just straight up like on a war path they just they maybe they straight up want to kill black people but the fact that there's so many who allow it to happen and they like they have like this gang culture where they don't snitch on each other and things like when they're that. repeat offenders too because almost every time you have a cop kill someone they've killed someone before yeah yeah and that's and and the other ones allow that to happen and like like you were saying you know this isn't a, when we say all cops are bastards this isn't about like their immortal soul I'm not fucking St. Peter judging an individual. (laughs) Like, this is about the fact that this whole institution, you know, supports this, like, uh, this uh, societal uh, idea or whatever, that it's okay to kill somebody if you're this person, if you're wearing this uniform, you have this particular job. And, like, my thing I always say is, like, good cops get fired. When right. people want to That's talk true. about being a good cop, if you're a good cop, you're getting fired. They're not going to keep you on the force. <laughs> <laughs> At least my idea of a good cop. <laughs> no, and that and that's exactly the point. And I, I think it really, yeah, you, you tied it up quite well in what I was trying to say. So, speaking of that, talking about the liberal mindset of I'm not the problem. I think it's a good way for us to segue into Texas. Okay. Uh, let me, let me do the little, the little thing right quick. Hey guys, welcome to leftover ramen, the low class weeb trash podcast. I'm Ashita. My co-host ethereal is here. And how's it going? We're talking about what's terrible about liberals. (laughs) (laughs) 
That did I do the did I do the commercial voice well? Is that Yeah, you you got that. Excellent. You nailed it. Right on. I'm waiting for your endorsement or sponsorship so we can get that big ramen money. <laughs> this this podcast is brought to you by Marchan Ramen. <laughs> <laughs> No, I uh, when it, when I've been streaming, sometimes they're like, "This is my Zing Mango Tea." Now, if I could just please have a nice sponsorship, so I could drink Zing Mango Tea all the time, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Start talking positively about capitalism, like I mean, it's, <laughs> it's pretty bad, but the whole like the ad revenue, it's high. <laughs> <laughs> But listen it's the, it's that classic meme of uh the person on their cell phone and the guy's like oh you bought that yet you'd criticize society how Ooh, interesting curious and flash yeah and then it flashbacks to the uh person in like the renaissance age and he's like i think we should improve society somewhat and the same guy's like how interesting yet you still participate in society I am very smart. God, those meme responses like that, I can't believe when, like, people actually, like, for real argue that kind of thing to me. There's, like, guys on my Facebook that are like, well, why don't you just go live in the woods then? And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Why the fuck would I want to go live in the woods? (laughs) I mean, ideally, (laughs) if I had a nice power grid, made some good farmland. No, I'm just kidding. Man. (laughs) I, I grew up. Uh, see, you're probably like more used to that than I am. No, no, I, I 100% am. When I, so when I say I grew up in the boonies of Arkansas, my, my parents have, they, their house is like halfway up a, a large hill slash very small mountain. So the, the closest town of 300 people is about 20 minutes away. Um, yeah, it's, it's out there. That's what I grew up in. And speaking of the boonies, we were just about to segue into Texas. So let's talk about the poor unfortunate event that's happening. Not only in Texas, uh, this massive snowstorm has obviously been nasty for everyone. And my heart goes out to anyone who has to deal with these elements right now. I, I'm feeling for our poor, poor folks out there. Uh, But yeah, specifically, we want to talk about Texas because Texas has it really bad considering their infrastructure of their utilities is A, not built for this, but even more so something else that I also wanted to touch on, the uh, utility companies price gouging on top of it. Oh man, yeah, I've seen that. That like people have gotten like, I'm sure the $10,000 one is like, fairly rare but the fact that the range even goes that high is just insane i mean right it's It's wild that we can have that a natural disaster happens and in lieu of that you can be charged that much money just for a basic utility and you know if we say something like utility it makes it seem like oh this is you know, it would be nice to have and it makes life easier, but it's not necessary for survival. But utilities are what keeps us alive. And I know some someone's probably going to hear us talking about this and think, well, you know, 60, 70 years ago, they didn't even have air conditioning. You all are a bunch of spoiled ones. Right. And to that, I say society was built differently then and it was built to handle stuff like this in a different manner and also the climate was a lot different and it was a lot less um, oh what's the word i'm looking for extreme than it is now because we've been dealing with global warming for so long that it's made our winters way worse and our summers way worse as well and like just another quick add-on i'll let you continue but like I get so tired of like things like that because like progress is good actually. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a good thing that we don't have to deal with that kind of stuff anymore. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean I don't, 
Go ahead, continue. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let me let me just say the the next person that looks at me and mentions global warming in a funny, ironic way because they don't believe it exists while we're in the middle of a snowstorm is getting their head shoved in the snow so their brain rot can freeze out. Because <laughs> um, I hear that all the time at work and it drives me crazy. Uh, anyway. But more importantly, what we wanted to talk about, and this this isn't just going to apply to Texas, but just this mentality overall, of there seems to be a big misunderstanding, not even misunderstanding, but a mindset that a lot of, especially middle to upper class white liberals seem to have, that if your state voted Republican, then you deserve any kind of bad thing that happens. And there are some people who are probably going to hear me say that, be like, well, there can't be that many people. And I know even at the beginning of this episode, I said, oh, you know, I miss a lot of the BS on Twitter. I have not missed this stuff. And Mm -hmm. it makes me infuriated to see it, the kind of takes that I have seen. And what I mean by that is there are a lot of people who genuinely believe that because a large demographic of people in their state voted a certain way, the entire state needs to suffer. And I I just don't, I don't understand that mindset just because someone votes for someone who you disagree with on a fundamental level don't get me wrong i hate donald trump i hate republicans in general but just because someone votes for them doesn't mean that i want them to have to be without utilities and i say they deserve to be you know in negative 20 degree weather without heat for days on end and without electricity because that's incredibly inhumane and very undeserving right yeah, and like um I think it it kind of had a weird uh timing cuz it lined up like with the death of Rush Limbaugh kind of. And so mm-hmm. there was this discussion online about how like is it okay to wish ill on someone who's done something wrong? If that makes sense cuz people are going right. people are celebrating Rush Limbaugh dying and uh and I think maybe there was a bit of a connection where people felt more justified in what they're saying about people in Texas because of that. But like, first off, this is like three kind of different things here. Like Rush Limbaugh actively was like harming people because he was actively right. pushing out these ideas. And like, personally, I didn't celebrate him dying. I don't really do that. Not out of some like great moral calling, but like, I see a lot of people treating, like, shitty people dying as, like, some sort of victory for the left, and I don't see it that way. Like... Because there's some other peon that's just going to... Right, yeah, exactly. Someone else will come along. But I will say, I was pretty happy when Reagan died. So I'm, like, I'm not on, like, some moral high ground where, like, oh, you... How dare you celebrate his death? But, like, that's an individual. And, like, the next level is, like, you have the actual... Republicans in Texas, which like, I don't particularly see them as the same as Rush Limbaugh. I'm not going to like celebrate what's happening to them just because they voted this way. Cause I think a lot of them were misguided into that. I don't think it's the, the richer Trump supporters that are suffering. It's the right. poor ones who are like misguided. Exactly. Like that's, that's who's dying here is poor people. And like, then, then the third level of it is like a lot of people in Texas didn't vote that way anyway i mean like do people understand Mm -hmm. how voting works like just because you live in a state that went that way i mean a lot of the people that are being affected had nothing to do with that at all i mean a lot of this is happening in cities and the cities in texas are overwhelmingly democrat like (laughs) the irony is just palpable yeah and like i mean I don't want to act like all that is like the reason people shouldn't be doing this. Cause even like, despite all that, the idea that it's okay for people to be freezing to death and like not have utilities because their state voted a certain way. I mean, I, I, I would go so far as to say it's a disgusting outlook. I think that it's, that it's a gross way to look at your fellow man. I mean, like, honestly, it's just kind of a, uh, I don't like it at all. <laughs> 
Well, and a couple of things to add on to that, if I may. Yeah. Um, one thing that I will say, I, I'm not someone who necessarily celebrates uh, someone's death. Even, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I just don't see the point in it. Like, might be a joke here or there. But the thing about Rush Limbaugh that I think people forget, or not even forget, but just need to understand, is that Rush Limbaugh probably did more damage to the middle class and lower class of the United States than Trump did because his the values that he spouted off for so long infected so many areas of the United States and it really rotted a large part of our population that listened to him um, and along with that I as coming of a comeuppance Rush Limbaugh also quite frequently would read out names of gay folks that had died and would play little noises and happy trills and things like that. So honestly, I don't I don't see why (laughs) you should hold back. And that's why it's okay to play the Final Fantasy victory fanfare (laughs) (laughs) when Rush Limbaugh dies. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think just to uh, I mean I already said this, but just to clarify, like my whole thing isn't any type of like we shouldn't celebrate. It's more just like I don't see it as any sort of a victory. I mean, his damage has been done. I don't know how much more he'd have done if he lived five more years. I mean, I don't. Right? No, I'm I'm right there with you. That that my bit was more just to remind people because I I think some younger people don't really, and it's not just younger people, obviously. Uh, but I, I think that there are a lot of people who maybe don't grasp or quite know the reaches that Rush Limbaugh has had for such a long time on our population and just quite the effect that he had due to his airwaves. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. I was just, uh, I don't really know exactly what I was going to say. I was thinking just like how it's like, it's really similar to like, Alex Jones, but like, I would, I would honestly say, I think Rush Limbaugh is worse because, uh, I, maybe this is just a personal bias. Cause I think Alex Jones is kind of entertaining, <laughs> but like also just like, I mean, I guess I just, I, I don't see the same virulence there. Maybe I'm just not as familiar with some of the things he said, but like, for one thing, I think Alex Jones might genuinely believe a lot of the crazy shit he says. And like, I don't know. I just, I don't know where I'm going with that. I feel like if Alex Jones died, I might be a little bit like, oh, that's, that's kind of sad that Alex is gone. But when Rush Limbaugh died, I was like, eh, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) from a pure entertainment point of view, yeah, nothing was lost. (laughs) But I mean, you know, honestly, like, I mean, I guess that's kind of weird coming from me because like I've mentioned on both previous episodes of this podcast, like. Alex Jones played a big part in, uh, in my dad, like changing his politics. And like, I mean, if it, maybe that's a better modern, uh, version if people aren't really familiar with what Rush Limbaugh did. Are you, are you saying that Alex Jones might be the millennial slash Gen Z Rush Limbaugh? Yeah. That maybe younger people would understand that reference a little more or maybe even uh further because maybe alex jones isn't as relevant as he once was well not not as relevant but maybe not as well known to younger people but like steven crowder or whoever you are the girl that shit on herself i don't remember her name but <laughs> caitlin B- bennett is that yeah, it? Is caitlin yeah. Bennett? rush limbaugh is like the progenitor of those people like that's like he's like the like the the i don't know if he's the original very first one but he's one of the first like he kind of started that form of media Mm -hmm. and so like if anyone listening didn't know why people might have a problem with rush limbaugh that would be why he basically started the right-wing communication methods that we see today also lest we never forget caitlin bennett shit herself and you should remember and remind her at any given point um anyway this podcast has been brought to you by caitlin bennett shitting herself (laughs) (laughs) and tears of your liberal grandparents (laughs) um so one other thing that i wanted to talk about with texas 
is I think that when, and it's not necessarily specifically about taxes, but when we use the mindset of, well, and I'm going to apply this specifically to what people say about the South. I think I hear this a lot about how, well, people in the South always vote Republican, so they get what they have coming to them. Or people in the South are always more stupid and so on and so forth. What they don't realize is that there's a large amount of uh, BIPOC that live in the South. So I, I don't know if they just don't put two and two together. But saying stuff like that is quite racist. <laughs> yeah, I can see <laughs> whether that. Whether I... intentionally you're meeting that or not, there's a large, large population of color that lives in the south and so to just chalk it all up as you know dirty white hillbillies who are the only people that live there is not the truth and even even if it was just you know this picturesque you know uh beverly hillbillies things we have going on here they still don't deserve that kind of mindset and it's better to try and work with these people because like i've mentioned in previous podcasts a lot of these people just don't get help from the government that they need and that's why they end up in the situations that they're in yeah and that's you know it's something i've mentioned online several times uh over the last couple weeks just talking with people that like this isn't me trying to like do any type of horseshoe theory and say Republicans and Democrats are the same or anything like that. I, I don't believe that, but like people will constantly bring up how working class people voting for Republicans are voting against their class interests. And I'm like working class people voting for either major party are voting against their class interests. They don't really have an option not to vote against their class interest. I mean, they right. could, but it's not really a viable option, you know? And right. so it's like, I kind of feel like people should kind of lose the holier than thou attitude. Now I do get the idea of like, if the reason you voted Republican is because you don't want Mexicans coming into the country. Yeah. That's a little reprehensible. I feel, I feel people when they say things like that, but that's not really always the reason people vote that way. I mean, I, I know there's been, Oh God. Oh no. That's good. I was going to say there, there's been a large dynamic shift in the Republican party and guess, guess who fathered it. A lot of it was because of Rush Limbaugh. Well, I wouldn't say he fathered it, but he was the media vehicle to help push this narrative. He was, he was the propaganda. Uh, he was yes. the propagandist leading the charge kind of. Yes. And there, there's been a large, push in the republican party in the last few decades that has moved it into more extreme areas than it used to be and i think you have a lot of oh, old-time republicans and e even some modern day republicans i know are still they have very progressive social views but they just are more um I don't know, on the economic side, conservative that feel very alienated by the Republican Party, but they still vote Republican because that's what they believe in more than Democrats. Yeah. And like a lot of those people like oh man, Uncle Carl, please forgive me. But like a lot of these like uh, libertarians, like right wing libertarians, that's kind of where they come from, I think, because like mm -hmm. a lot of them have horrible social views, but like that's not necessarily like. It's nowhere near all of them. There's a lot of people that are like right wing libertarians who like support Black Lives Matter and they they uh, pretty much all of them support like, you know, gay marriage and, you know, these basic social the, the type of things that, that liberals support. You know, they support right. all those kind of things. They want drugs legalized and all that. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that like you had mentioned this on on the first episode, how like people get uh i had brought up how people get disillusioned with a party and so they go to the other one and you said well some people get disillusioned with both of them and they become libertarians <laughs> yeah. i think that's exactly what happened they they start out in this like liberal mode and they're like holy shit the democrats are full of shit they don't care about us they become republicans and then they realize that the republicans are just like have a lot of policies that are just horrible you know they they want to mm -hmm. ban abortions and ban gay marriage and they want to 
hurt minorities and things like this. And they say, well, fuck, I don't want to do this either. But they don't want to go back to the left. So they become libertarians. And uh, I guess uh, my point with that is that uh, it's <laughs> kind of a stretch here maybe. But, like, I think that maybe we should be trying to aim some of, some of our... Uh, I guess you'd say propaganda towards people like that, because I think a lot of the people that took that route might've become leftists if the roadblock of the democratic party wasn't in the way of their path to the left. If that makes sense. No, I 100% agree with you right there. I think that that, that demographic that you're talking about, and this is something that I've touched on in, in previous episodes as well. They think Democrats are the left yeah, And they don't realize that there is an actual like left left that is all about the working force and your community and so on and so forth. But they don't know that they they hear the words communism or socialism and they freak out because the United States propaganda machine has effectively made those words to be such scare tactics, especially in those communities where a lot of libertarians come from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really just like, honestly, maybe one of the biggest uphill battles for us is just, uh, washing off those two words. I mean, like the, the idea people have, you know, it's really crazy. I'll, I'll put it this way. I've I watched a lot of these like debates on YouTube and stuff and when I see a leftist debate a libertarian a lot of times the libertarian will start out and they'll say I just want to clarify something here. And and just to be clear these aren't uh just libertarians these are like uh anarcho-capitalists. They're like mm-hmm. the most extreme form of libertarian. So right. they'll say I just want to clarify something when I say capitalism I'm not talking about the system we live in. I have a different idea of what capitalism is that I think is a good thing. And I think the system we live in is bad. Okay. <laughs> and then they'll get farther into the debate and the, the leftists will bring up socialism or communism and they can't wrap their eye, their head around the idea that it might be something different than like what Stalin had, like, like what the right. USSR had or Maoist China and like, I don't know the, the cognitive dissonance it takes to literally live in capitalism and say my vision of capitalism is different, but not be able to understand that some of these visions of socialism and communism are different from the ones that have already been tried. And like, I find myself in this kind of weird, uh, weird middle ground where like, I find myself constantly criticizing these past socialist experiments when I'm talking to leftists, but defending them when I'm talking to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Because like everyone has these ideas that like socialism's always failed, you know, the USSR failed on every level, which is just a, a ridiculous thing to say because like Russia was the most backwards country in all of Europe. They were literally still existing in feudalism. Like when you talk about feudal Japan or the feudal ages, that's like, centuries and centuries ago but not in russia in russia that was the (laughs) fucking 1900s like (laughs) which is wild yeah and so they went from this feudal society that just was completely backwards no one had food or anything to fucking being the first country in space and they were like the second most powerful nation on earth like the idea that 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 even that form of socialism achieved nothing's crazy but then you also have like people on the left who who lionize the USSR and just basically want to recreate that. And I'm like, well, what's the point in us having experimented with socialism before if we didn't learn anything from the fucking experiment? <laughs> Talking about you, tankies. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Just, just to clarify, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I will put this out here. When I when I say tanky or Stalinist, I, I've started using the word Stalinist more than tanky. I do not mean all Marxist-Leninist by far. Um. There's no, pl- not by any means. Yeah. Also, I when I make that joke, I for the most part try and believe in leftist unity. Um, I, I just people that want to only praise, you know, 
Russia without looking towards the bad, without criticizing some of the things that happened there. Right. I think is just in bad faith. And that's the funny thing about the people that I refer to as, as Stalinist. They, they always say, they always say that they, they look at those, those institutions with a critical eye and then they just don't at mm-hmm. all. But yeah, that's a, uh, I was talking about someone talking to somebody about this here. Do you have anything that you'd like to add before I kind of move on no, to another? No. Okay. Okay. So, um, I've been talking with people lately kind of about like, uh, the way I see, uh, socialism coming about, not necessarily like the way we would like seize power or anything like that. Uh, this podcast is satire from front to back. <laughs> Uh, we don't want to seize power. Um, but we talk about ramen and anime. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. We're here to talk about hentai titties. Um, <laughs> but, but so a lot of people, you were just mentioning uh, left unity. And I see is so many people in the auth left who hate the lib left and so many people in the lib left who hate the auth left. And to me, I've almost stopped calling myself an anarchist in any leftist circles because um, I can, I call myself a libertarian socialist usually because, uh, when people, when you say you're an anarchist, people assume that you think that we can just like flip the switch immediately to socialism and no government and things like that just overnight and it'll be fine, which yeah. I don't, I don't believe that. And so that's kind of, I, I still consider myself an anarchist, but like more in like a, uh, uh, a philosophical manner. So I'm saying all this to get to the point that I think that it will take both versions of socialism in order to actually reach our end goal, because like you can't automatically switch that, that shit, you know, you can't automatically flip that switch. You can't just get rid of the entire system that our world is built upon overnight and expect it to not hurt all the most vulnerable people in the world. Right. So you you probably will still have to have a government. You probably will still have to have some level of capitalism even going on. You can't just immediately shut down every business and be like, okay, you guys can't have any commodities till we get this thing figured out. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so my thing has always been that, like, I think that we need that off-left tendency to help establish power and to get this government together. And I think you need the lib-left, the anarchists, to immediately begin a process of like disillusion of these systems, basically like saying, okay, we still have a government. We still have someone at the top, but maybe instead of a president or a dictator, we have like a council of people who are immediately recallable. Okay. We still have this thing, but maybe instead of doing it this way, we do it this way and kind of working together to be so, cause my main issue with the auth left project is that a lot of people kind of just want to set up this socialist government and then just let it make itself irrelevant, which mm-hmm. I don't think will ever happen. I don't think that any bastion of power will ever make itself irrelevant because first off people die. Even if you have a leader who genuinely wants to do that one day, he'll die. It's just like when Lenin was replaced by Stalin, you know I mean? Right. So like, it's just, I don't think that that's a realistic way of looking at it, but I don't think that it's realistic to look at it a fully anarchist way either, where we can just change over to anarchism overnight and we're good. Like that's not going to work. So, well, I, Oh God. Uh, basically all that, just to say that I think it will take both tendencies, both, both grander tendencies. Cause there's a million tendencies, but both, both ideas of how socialism works for a successful socialism to ever arise is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And I think that's a very well put uh, situation. I, I, I think it really reminds me of the classic joke that between a liberal, a Republican and a leftist, the leftist is who will hate the other leftist more. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that one, but I, I get it. <laughs> because no one no one likes to hate a leftist more than another leftist and i do think that is a serious problem within our scene i mean it is a weird thing about i think i think it kind of stems from the fact that we hold people to higher standards the farther left they are i think that's the reason and i'm not calling liberals leftists here but i think that's the reason why we hate liberals more than conservatives to a degree because like they're a little closer to us and we expect a little bit more of them 
you know, it's almost like you can just disregard the crazy shit the conservatives are saying because, of course, they're saying crazy shit. But, mm-hmm. but you know, and then I think that the same thing applies even more on the left. But it just, yeah, I don't know. There, like I said earlier with the class reductionism thing, I do see certain people who are just really extreme one way or the other. You know, they, I see anarchists who think that uh, rather than left unity, we should have libertarian unity or no unity at all. And I see, I see uh, authoritarian leftists who like to think that the USSR wiping out the black army was just like completely justified. They're like, well, yeah, we have to kill the anarchist eventually. Like I see both those things. And I'm like, both, both those people are crazy. Like that's nonsense. But I think that the, the greater bulk of the left is more open to unity than that would make it seem, even yes, though they, I, I they do have that. disagreements. Find that very agreeable. Man, I wonder if people are enjoying our podcast about cartoons. <laughs> I was actually just thinking. I was like, maybe next next episode we should uh, do an anime centric one. We had talked about starting this episode with anime, and then I think we just like we launched right into it, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let's. <laughs>